Oh, good morning, everyone. My name is Chad Hammonds, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at Ignite Church. And today, uh, I have my friend Bobby here with us. Ed, the other lead pastor, is off gallivanting in Seattle somewhere. We're going to give him a drug test when he gets home. <laughs> uh, it's hard to follow that. So we're beginning a new series. A bit of wisdom goes a long way. I'm sure you caught that at the tail end of the promo there. And so we're beginning a new series on wisdom. And uh, each week, we're going to give you some, some nuggets that you can take home with you and just apply to your life. And uh, the um, very simple definition of wisdom is skilled living, skilled living. <clears throat> and that definition helps us to set wisdom apart from knowledge. Wisdom is different than knowledge, right? So what is it? Knowledge is a, a compilation of facts, right? Some things that, a collection of information. Wisdom is that life-giving application of that information. So it's taking that information and doing something that gives life to you and life to others. So knowledge is a great thing, but without wisdom, it's not going to help us. It's not going to take us very far, right? So listen to this. Knowledge constructs the Titanic, but wisdom avoids the iceberg, right? Uh, knowledge builds a house, but wisdom builds a home. Knowledge knows that there is a God, but wisdom walks with God. Billy Graham, one of the most respected ministers of the last century, said this, knowledge is horizontal, but wisdom is vertical. It comes from above. And in the Bible, we have this book. We have this section called Proverbs, and it's full of wise sayings. It's full of wisdom for you and, and for all of us to, uh, to apply to our lives, to be helpful to us. And we're going to get our theme scripture from that book, from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. It says this, wisdom is supreme. I need everybody to say supreme. Supreme. All right, supreme, right? And so whenever I think of supreme, I think of a supreme pizza. And a supreme pizza has everything, right? Has everything. Wisdom is everything. That's right. Get, so get wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is supreme. So get wisdom. And each, each week, we're going to present you with some pieces of wisdom. And as we kick off this series, we're going to look at the four types of people that we see in the book of Proverbs. So if you're like me, um, you have, you're going to be able to find yourself in one of the next three things we're about to talk, one of the next three people. Uh, either one, two, or three, you're going to be able to relate, or at least at the, I hope you're going to be able to re relate with at least one of them, because then I won't be all alone. So, here we go. Number one, the simple. One of the types of people we find in the, in the book of Proverbs in the Bible is the, the simple. Proverbs 7, 7, I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. Uh, I've had, I don't want to count how many times in my life where I thought, well, what I just did, that made no sense. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that didn't make any sense at all. What, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Uh, here in about 14 other places in the book of Proverbs, we have a reference to the simple. And here, here's what the simple really is. It's kind of, think of being naive. Think of being ignorant. You simply don't know. Uh, the, the ignorant or the, the simple often fail to grasp that there are consequences to what you're doing. There are consequences to what's going on and what, what you're allowing and, and happening in your life. And, and they just, uh, the simple might know there is such a thing as consequences, but they, they fail to grasp that it's going to be such a big effect on them. They fail to grasp that its consequences are massive. They have to be considered 
that, that doesn't cross the mind of the simple. They, what's happening is they're figuring things out on their own, just kind of trying to make it through. And it, it's tough. The, being the simple, it's actually a tough spot. Now, with each one of these three things, for sure, the first three, we're going to give you what we're going to call the cure for it. So the cure for being simple is time. Time. Someone that is this person, they're this simple person that's just, they, they don't grasp things well yet. Uh, they need time to grow up. They need time to mature. They need time to be taught and to learn. They need time to make solid, life-giving friendships that are going to help them move forward in life. So time is a big deal. They kind of, they, they need some OJT just of life, right? They just need some on-the-job training. They need some time. Well, time well spent can cure being simple, Okay, so that's the first person. Now, another type of person we see in Proverbs is the fool. I pity the fool, right? That's uh, for all of you people who grew up in the 80s. You might know what I'm talking about. You younger people, right over your head. So what's the difference between the fool and the simple, right? The simple doesn't know any better. Like Chad was saying, they need somebody to help them. They need somebody to come alongside them and tell them, hey, you don't know this, but let me help you out, right? The fool, they know what they're supposed to do. They know what's right, but they still choose to do what's wrong. So why? Why does the fool do that? Proverbs 10.23 reads, doing wrong is fun for a fool. So they do it because they think it's fun. They do it because they're only thinking about themselves, because they're opting for what's going to make them feel good. What's gonna, they're opting for now instead of thinking about down the line, what consequences may come from this decision, right? It's like you know, nine o'clock at night and you're hungry and you go to Jack in the Box to get four tacos and curly fries and a large Coke. <laughs> and you got to wake up early the next morning and you're like, why did I? I knew better, but those two for 99 cents were calling my name. I just couldn't resist. But that's the fool, right? They make decisions that they know better, but they choose to do it anyway. It's all about instant gratification. And the, the, uh, another bad thing about being a fool is that it's contagious, so fools like to take fools with them to do foolish things. Like as I look back at my life, I can see a lot of foolish things I did, and there was a lot of fools hanging with me. They didn't help me. I didn't help them. We were just making each other miserable and having fun doing it, right? But looking back, it's like I, I wasted time. I did stupid things that I never should have done. Like what was I thinking? I needed some help. Proverbs 13.20 says, a companion of fools suffers harm. Companion of fools suffers harm. So usually a fool gets into trouble with his fools, fool, foolish friends, right? So what's the cure? What's the cure for the fool? The cure for the, for the fool, sad to say, is tragedy. Tragedy. A, a fool's decisions, a, fool, a fool's life will eventually lead to a tragedy. It will come. And, and the truth is, tragedies, some of them are unexplainable. Sometimes tragedies happen and no one's at fault. There's just no, no explanation, right? Some tragedies happen because of the fault of somebody else, right? You could blame, well, it's so-and-so, blah, 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 you know, would have done, then it would be different, right? But personally, looking back at my life, a lot of the tragedy I experienced was self-inflicted. I should have known better than, than to go down that road with those people. I should have known better and make better decisions, and I wouldn't have experienced that self-inflicted tragedy, 
But there's good news for you today. God is good. His plans for you are good. And all of the tragedy that you walk through in your life, he will walk through them with you, even the self-inflicted ones, even the ones you brought upon yourself. God is the restorer. He'll take the worst moments of your life and turn them for good. Only he can do that. He can bring purpose to your pain. He's a good God. And so every tragedy that we experience has a lesson that's equal in significance to the heartbreak that's there. And the cure for the fool is to recognize this is a self-inflicted tragedy. I, I need help. I need God. I need help to, to make better decisions. If they'll determine to learn the lesson, then tragedy can be the cure for the fool. A third type of person we see in Proverbs is the jerk. Um, if you, if anybody in here that's been in church a long time, which you know, is probably some of you, you might have heard the term this way, mocker or scoffer. Okay, but for those of us that read the Bible in today's English, it's the jerk. I'm going to read you Proverbs 9-7. If you correct conceited people, you will only be insulted. Every conceited person I've ever known in my life was a jerk. And every jerk I've ever known in my life was a conceited person. So as far as I'm concerned, they're one and the same. All right? So this other person, number three, we see is a jerk. They kind of encompass the other two. But think of it this way. The jerk is the fool on steroids. Like, they're a jerk to the nth degree. They're like, but I'm gonna, <laughs> if I'm going to do this thing, I'm just going to do it all the way. Not only are they foolish, but they're hyper and they're hurtful, and they're hateful, and they're hard-headed, and they're happy to flaunt their foolishness. That's the jerk. They think they're better than everybody else. They won't listen to other people. If you get into a conversation with a jerk, they're not going to listen to you. Most likely, they're just going to insult you at the first moment they get a chance, even if you're trying to help them. Even if you're trying to give them some, you know, constructive help, and this is really the way things should go in your life, that you really care about your friend who's a jerk, and you're trying to help them, and they're not going to have any of it most of the time. They're, you're going to tell them something, they're going to say, oh, yeah, well, your mom is ugly. I mean, they're, <laughs> even if, they're just going to fire back, or they may say, well, if you're so smart, then how come your kids are this way, and how come you don't have a better job, and how come this happened to you? That's, the jerk is just going to hammer back at you. That's what they do. Uh, I have to say, I am not happy to admit, I've been this guy. I have been this guy. And I hope, I hope I'm not this guy today. I'm really trying not to be this guy. Um, I, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday, kind of along these lines. And I told them, man, I used to be, you know... I, I used to be like this, and they told me, well, you haven't been that way since I've known you, and I was like, whew, okay, you know, whew, so hopefully I've, you know, improved a little bit, um, but the cure, and they even asked me, well, what's the difference? What, what took you from there to the, the guy that I know, that I know today? Well, it's, a, it's kind of a big combination, but it goes kind of this way, tragedy, pain, and then God. God is the cure for a jerk. A jerk won't listen to anybody else. Actually, God's their only hope. Y'all have been or you have known the person that you're just like, that's it. I'm not going to try to help them anymore. That, I, I, just get away from me. Uh, because they, they, they seem like, well, you won't listen to nobody. But God, 
God is the cure. And, and that, that's exactly how it went in, in, in my life. You know, the, the, the tragedy and the pain and finally crying out to God, God, I realize my hand in this. I realize that I've been this way. I, I've cried plenty of tears over the years of how much I relate to this, this number three person. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, God is the cure. It was only after the heart-to-heart to God that I realized who I'd been, and I, I listened to God, and I'm so glad that I did. So I've been all three. I've been the simple, I have been the fool, uh, and I've been the jerk. But number four is the one that I want to be. And number four is the wise. So Proverbs 9, 9 reads this way, instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. So what's the difference now between the fool, the simple, the jerk? Can we say that in church? And the wise. I'm just kidding. (laughs) The wise person is not smarter. They're not better. They just made a decision that I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to listen to the wise people who are speaking in my life. I'm going to receive godly counsel. I'm going to listen to the voice of God. I'm going to listen to his word, right? I'm going to open my ears and open my heart to receive that. Uh, They don't have it all figured out. They just made a decision to keep learning. And if I'm going to be that wise person, if you're going to be that wise person that we see in Proverbs, then we're going to need God and we're going to need people who can speak into our lives and help us to live wisely. So we want everyone in here to, dis- to make that decision today. Decide that I'm going to be wise. We want every one of you to aim towards being wise during this series. And it's God's heart for us to live skillfully. So now that we all want to be number four, the wise one, um, let's talk about the first piece of wisdom we're, we're going to bring to you in this series today. Uh, and this can go a long, long, long way in your life. Proverbs 9, 10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Here's where it all starts. If you want to be a person that is wise, you've got to start somewhere, and there's only one starting place, and that's with the fear of the Lord. Now, it's important to understand what we mean and what's being communicated when we say the fear of the Lord. So here's our best shot at a, a simple definition of it for you. And by the way, when I say simple, I need things simple. So it's actually, I'm just giving it to you the way that I had to bring it so that I could understand it myself. To constantly show God ultimate personal respect deep in my heart and my life. Just like deep down inside, I've got the ultimate respect, the ultimate, uh, it's a healthy fear of God. Now, I'm sure that you underst- we understand this at least to some degree because Hopefully, you at least have one or two people in your life that you respect. Like There's somebody that you know that you could tell me their name and put a picture to their name to say, I respect this person. I've seen them in hard times, and I saw what happened with them, and I saw how they come through, or I saw how they treated me in a good way, or I saw you know, something good about them, and you, you hold a healthy respect for, for this person. So you probably, you, I'm guessing you understand Um, where this is headed. Um, Let's take it a little further. Here in the deep, deep south, I said it this morning, I'm going to say it again. I've always struggled my whole, I'm from here, right? I'm from Freeport is where I was born. So I am from South Texas. And every time I've ever heard anybody that's north of Texas, 
but south of whatever that line is up there somewhere, say, you know, I'm from the south. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. If anything north of Texas is Yankee and anything, you know, south, down the, now we're real, we're the south. Um, if you're a Yankee, you can still go to heaven. It's okay. Um, you just, you know, I don't know. You've got an apartment to live in or something. We've got the big sprawling spaces in heaven because we're from the south. Y'all know I'm kidding about that, but I'm really not the South thing. Well, here in the deep, deep, real South, there's still a, a general, at least, um, uh, just kind of put into people as we grow up, uh, a respect for people that are in vocational ministry. So uh, I've experienced this in my life. That's, I've, been, I've been in this for years. Bobby has been doing that for years, and we were talking about this, and at first I thought it's been hundreds of times that I've experienced what I'm about to tell you. But as we kind of crunch the numbers, no, it's probably been thousands of times that I've experienced this. And it goes something like this. I happen to walk in a room. I've been here a long time. People know me. So it's a room of people that know who they know me. I walk in and somebody's talking. And they're, they're, I mean, they're saying something dirty, nasty, crude, you know, just like, mm, really? Uh, and I don't ever say anything, by the way, or never, I don't, but I, the, at the moment those things come out of their mouth, they catch, and they see me out of the corner of their eye, and then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I said that. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that in front of you, type of thing. So in, in their way, they're... In their mind and in their way, they're, they, they're really making an effort to at least somewhat be respectful. That's what they're thinking. I'm trying to be respectful. So I, I, I do understand that. It can happen another way, too, where I'm in the room. We're all in a conversation, and somebody else is talking to whoever, and they're like, well, you're lucky Chad's here, or I would have something else to say. <laughs> you know, I, I'm telling you, thousands of times I have, been, I have experienced this, and I, again, I understand, I understand what they're thinking when they say that, but I want you to look at it a little bit different and could I, dare I say, a little more mature way. It's noble to show respect for people. There are, you definitely is. There are people that you, we show respect for, hands down, great. But wisdom starts when we show that kind of reverence that kind of respect, but even way more so to God who holds our future in his hands. I don't hold anybody's future, in, 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 except for maybe my children who haven't left the house yet. I want them to think I got their future in my hand. <laughs> and it's only, there's only one now, and he's six foot five and outweighs me by like 40 pounds. So, But God's the one that deserves real respect real honor. And so he's the one that, as much as I understand, we know what respecting people is about. Fearing God, the beginning of wisdom is about a deep-rooted, deep-seated, deep-in-our-heart respect for God 100% of the time. We begin to be wise when we accept the fact that God is always with us and that our future is divinely tied to him. Now, here's the, here's the hang-up for a lot of us. It can feel unnatural to have that kind of super ultimate respect for people or respect for God or anyone if we don't know them. 
I, I actually, it's hard to respect somebody I don't know. I can give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt, but to actually have a deep, ultimate respect for them, I got to know them. I have to know what I'm respecting. Well, um, we're going to show you, begin to show you what God's like so you can begin to have this deep personal respect for him. So what is God like? We want to talk about a few characteristics this morning uh, to, to take with you to, to get a bigger picture of who God is, right? So the first one is God is awesome. God is awesome. And I know, I don't know about you, but me, that's a word I throw around a lot. I'm like, man, that movie was awesome. Man, that game was awesome. And back to food. Man, that dessert was awesome, right? So I just use that word flippantly almost. But Psalm 33, 8 says, let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. And when I'm, I'm kind of an artsy guy, you know, I, I like a good sunset. I like, I'm, I'm in touch with my feminine side, even though I'm securing my masculinity, right? Long walks on the beach, I'm good with that, man. Moonlight, yeah, that's cool. But when I look at creation, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that God made creation so beautiful. I'm amazed at the things he's, he's done. It helps me to see, God, you're awesome. I mean, who could create something like that? <clears throat> and, and our lives are made up of moments, and we have these moments where we have those kind of encounters. We're like, God, you're so awesome. And there's one specifically that I was going to tell you about this morning where uh, the, it was the birth of our first child. And so my wife and I, uh, she was pregnant, I wasn't, but we went to, uh, to go have the baby delivered. It was that time we were pumped. I'm, I'm an excited guy, so I was excited, even though I was believing that I wasn't going to go in the delivery room because I can't even watch like a doctor show, even the fake ones, you know, like Amsterdam, New Amsterdam where they're cutting. I'm like, this is good. like I just, Dr. Pimple Popper, don't even, don't even try to bring that mess around me. I just, I can't handle that stuff, man. I'm weak when it comes to that. So I was like, I'm not going to be in the delivery room. But when reality hit, it was like, I'm going to be in there. That's my son. I'm, I, I got to go in there. So I was up there encouraging her. And as he's born, the doctor delivers the baby and spins him around. And he is like his back is facing us. And his arms go wide open like this. And his head pops back. And he opens his eyes and looks like right at me and Michelle. I swear. I was just like, <laughs> God, you're so awesome. Like one of those moments, you know, and I look back on my life and I've had a lot of moments like that just where, man, God's presence, I just feel him and I know he's great. I know he's awesome, right? And you've had moments like that in your life. But I, one thing that I want to kind of uh, give you, I hope you take this with you today, is that every single day we can find moments like that. Our days, man, they're a mixture. Some days are awesome, some days are good, some days are bad, some days are ugly. But if we look, we can find something, some, something in our lives, some circumstance, some situation, something in us, and we can say, God, you are awesome. And that's, when, when you have that, when you feel that, when you sense that, that's the time that you're in, inside of you, that respect that Chad's talking about, the respect that we're talking about, that ultimate personal respect rises up when you recognize, man, God, you're awesome. So God is awesome, and God is holy. God is holy. God deserves honor. The Bible makes it clear. 1 Samuel 2.2, 2, no one is holy like the Lord. There is none like him. So what does it mean to be holy, right? 
We have the Holy Bible. We have a holy God, right? So I wanted to, we wanted to try to make it practical. So there's something that I consider very dear to my heart that's holy, and that is the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. <laughs> Chick-fil-A has the holy chicken. It's unlike, yeah, yeah. It's unlike anything else. Any other chicken, and I'm not knocking it. Hey, I'm a fried chicken guy. I like chicken. I like chicken sandwiches, but Chick-fil-A is on another level. To be holy means to be set apart, to be above everything else. And when you get that number five spicy, deluxe, lettuce and tomato, and you open up the buttery bun and you put the Chick-fil-A sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce is holy too. It's unlike anything else, set apart. And then you bite in, then you dip your waffle fries in Chick-fil-A sauce and Man, come on, dude. That's holy. That's like above every other chicken sandwich. And so we know something that's holy. It's set apart. It's above everything else. And we know someone who's holy, who's set apart, who's above everything else. And that's Jesus. He's, he's unlike anything else in this world. And there's never been another one like him. Amen? He, he's, he's so far above everyone else. The, the Bible tells us in, in Romans that Jesus died for his enemies. He died for his enemies. Think about that for a minute, okay? Um, like I said, I'm in touch with my feminine side. So when I see a movie where there's a hero and he gives his life for his friends, man, it, I start to cry, I get choked up, tugs on my heartstrings, right? When I, see, uh, when I read a story like that, you know, the image that comes to my mind is, is the soldier who jumps on the grenade to save his comrades, to save his his uh, fellow soldiers, right? He, he jumps on the grenade to take it for them. It just gets me. But the Bible says that Jesus didn't just jump on the grenade for his friends, but for all of us, for, for his enemies, it says even. A step further, I don't know anyone like that. I don't know anyone who would die for their enemies other than Jesus. He's holy. He's unlike anyone else. And when that, I get a glimpse of that, and I, my the light bulb in my head goes off, and I'm like, Jesus, there's no one like you. It makes me want to know him more. It makes me want to, to respect him more and to honor him with my decisions. So God is awesome. God is holy, and God is right. All right? I want you to believe that. We want you to believe that, to take that home with you today. God is right. So sometimes the way I think about something and the way God thinks about something are different. Sometimes the way I feel about one thing and the way God feels about that thing is different. Have you ever had a moment where, like an aha moment, you felt this way about something, and then you got more information, you got a little more wisdom on that subject, you had a little more time, and you realized, man, I was wrong. I don't know why I thought that way or why I felt. Have you ever had that? I have too, but God never has. He doesn't have those moments. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's right. He's right. He's right. He's always right. And there are things in this world that I struggle with. There are things that I sometimes have a hard time understanding. But when I trust God and when I believe that he's right and accept him as right, then there's a peace that comes to me. And that stress and that worry goes. And I, it makes me again want to press in and, and know God more and trust him and respect him and honor him. Listen to this, Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. The Lord's teachings are perfect. They give strength to his people. The Lord's rules can be trusted. They help even the foolish become wise. The Lord's laws are right. They make people happy. 
The Lord's commands are good. They show people the right way to live. Learning respect for the Lord is good. It will last forever. The Lord's judgments are right. They are completely fair. His teachings are worth more than pure gold. They are sweeter than the best honey dripping from the honeycomb. His teachings warn his servants, and good things come to those who obey him, who obey them. So when I believe that God is awesome and that God is holy and that God is right, it draws me into him. It makes me respect him more. And that's what we want you guys to do in this series. And that's what God is like. So today's wisdom is this. Wisdom starts with God. That's where it begins. You want to you be a person that's wise, wisdom starts with God. If, we're gonna, if we will determine to have a, that ultimate, deep-rooted respect and that healthy fear for God in our lives, things will change drastically. I'm talking in a good way because of the wisdom of God. Remember the building, the Titanic, wisdom avoids the iceberg. I need wisdom. Mm-hmm. I definitely need wisdom. It'll begin to grow in our lives and put distance in between you and, the, and when you were simple. Put distance between you and that fool and that jerk that you used to be when you begin to start or when you start with and have this healthy, ultimate respect for God. You start to leave the pack, so to speak, of who you used to be to where God is taking you. Uh, that's what we want you to do. Uh, if you're If you're in here, I'm hoping again that you actually at least relate to at some point in your life one of these three things so you can say, yep, that was me, but today it's not. Or do you know what? Today, I don't want that to be me anymore. Maybe maybe you find yourself like, oh my goodness, I'm really far away from God because I'm, I'm, I'm one of those three and I'm one of those three really bad. Well, the good news is God wants to grab hold of you and say, come on, let's go. I've got wisdom for you. I want to take you where you need to go. He loves you. He cares about you. So today, if you find out and you find yourself in a place where you're far from God, here's what you do. You say, okay, you decide uh, and say, God, I want to go where you're taking me. A minute ago, Bobby said that Jesus died for his enemies. The reason he had to do that, the reason he did it was so that he could, he could connect me and you, because at some point, we've all been an enemy of God, connect us back to God. And be part of the family of God. God, forgive me where I've gone wrong. You can just have this conversation with God. Let today be the day that you, in the history of your life, where you say, that was the day that I decided and I told God, God, I want to follow you today. Forgive me where I've gone wrong. Take me where you want me to go. I'm going to put you in charge. And today is the day I decide I'm giving you the ultimate respect for the rest of my life. You do that today and things begin to change. And, and if you're there, and if you're saying, hey, that's me, there, there's these uh, green cards that are in the seats. We want to ask you to fill one of those out and drop it in those little baskets on your way out the doors. We're going to pick them up, and we just want to connect with you and let you know, hey, fantastic. You're putting God, getting him rolling in your life, a, a, a relationship with God in your life. Now, here's how we can connect with you and just help you in that journey, because uh, every one of us in here has been one of those three things before. And we all know what it's like. And we want to help. We want to help. You guys stand up with us. We want to pray for you before we head out today. And I want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, uh, we're going to have people that are ready and willing to pray for you on your way out today. If there's anything you need, come up here first. 
There will be folks right up here, and they will take the time to pray for you personally. The second thing is, remember to give on your way out, and we thank you guys for being generous, and let's, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for each and every person in here today. We pray that you would speak to our hearts today. We thank you that you have begun to show us things, and with all of our hearts, we want to be wise. We want to put you first. God, we want to put you in that ultimate place in our life, that ultimate place of honor. We want to have that respect and that healthy fear for you. Pray that you begin to show us places in our lives where we're not doing that. Show us places in our lives where we are and we're doing well. And encourage us to keep moving forward with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.